Welcome to the Partnernomics Show, where industry thought leaders discuss the hottest topics in partnerships, ecosystems, and innovation. The Partnernomics Show is brought to you by IOLife Solutions, a product incubator specific to Salesforce. Now here's the host of the Partnernomics Show, Mark Brigman. Welcome back to another episode of the Partnernomics Show. Great to be with you, and I'm getting to chat with my good buddy, Rob Reholes again. Rob, what's going on, man? Hey, thank you so much for having me. Rob, you're like one of four people in this world that whenever I jump on Zoom, man, I just see that big smile. Man, it just puts me in a great mood. It doesn't matter if my dog just got ran over, man. As soon as I see that big smile, I'm I'm ready to take on the world with you. <laughs> I am glad. I'm glad. <laughs> if you ever see me sad, then, you know, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Rob is the co-founder and CEO of Superglue. And uh, man, Rob and I had a chat. I think the first time we met was probably a year and a half ago or so. And well, I won't forget that the first time we met because uh, you guys were wearing those jerseys, the orange jerseys at Catalyst Miami. That was amazing. Yeah, the bright probably a lesson about field we're marketing. Just... <laughs> we're just going to make sure that nobody you know? missed us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just about glow in the dark <laughs> yeah, that was awesome uh that's, that was amazing that's yeah that's like career marketing right that's what you want to do take over a conference yeah uh, whenever you're a small that. company man you gotta you gotta get innovative gotta get a little creative out there it was awesome yeah we had socks you know i felt i felt really 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 bad about you know our socks <laughs> with you guys in the jerseys you know it was well, you awesome to have yeah. shorts on or something it's a little easier I know. to see the socks <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> But uh, yeah, Rob's the co-founder and CEO of Superglue, man, an awesome company. And I've I've really come to enjoy what they're doing as I've learned more about uh, what they're doing, but definitely fitting a, a big, big need in, in the market. <clears throat> Communications, man, it, it cannot be overlooked. But Rob, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love for you to just uh, take a minute or so and, and tell folks a little bit more about uh, what you do in Superglue. Yeah, I keep it short. Um, but yeah, ultimately... What we do is we help partner teams identify and engage the people in their ecosystem that can help them source and close deals. So, uh, so SuperDoo is a tool that basically connects to different data sources and alerts you know, partner teams in real time and Slack who to engage, uh, proposes workflows. And then within a couple of clicks, you can trigger these workflows um, to, you know, to drive, drive partner activation to um, scale co-selling and, and ultimately, you know, drive more revenue. Rob, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here and we're going to hit you with the first question. And that is, uh, what are the greatest challenges that companies face when trying to drive predictable revenue uh, through partnerships or through co-selling? We always hear about this predictable, repeatable <laughs> revenue, but man, exactly. it's always hard to do, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. But I think, you know, um, if we can't prove that we drive predictable revenues, revenue as as a as, a, as partner organizations, uh, then we're in deep trouble because uh, we're never going to get a seat at the table um, um, in the C-suite, you know, because uh, every other department has proven that they can. Uh, not always sustainably, you know, we've seen all kinds of challenges, but, um, you know, if you ask me, um, you know, predictable revenue is 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 a fundamental requirement for for partner departments to survive, especially in times like these. So, um, I personally think that, and I, I I asked this question on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. Where I asked people like, is, is partnerships an arts or a science? And the majority of people said it's an art. You 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 and me, I think we both agreed it's more of a science. Not saying it's just a science, just like sales is not 
just a science. Um, but we have to become more scientific about what we do. I think we have to start thinking about um, you know, rather than have a, a couple of great people in partner departments and build relationships and, you know, see where there are opportunities, we have to create more of a, of a systematic approach, a funnel. I like the funnel view, right? more of a, like an activation funnel and a co-sell funnel that basically takes these, these people in our ecosystem. And I say people, uh, not companies, because you build relationships and partnerships with people, right? You need to build relationships with the AEs, the CSMs, the, the consultants in your partner's organizations. And you need to take them through a process of act, making sure they, you know, they know you, they trust you, they feel valued uh, so that they drive business your way. And if you do that systematically, you uh, you will drive predictable revenue. Just like a good loyalty program, right? Like good loyalty program in, you know, uh, in, in B2C is we don't send people like a good loyalty, in a good loyalty program, you don't instantly send somebody an email and ask them to buy your product. You build a relationship first. You share what the brand is all about, etc. And then it's going to be really easy once you send that email. You're like, by the way, we've got this new T-shirt, um, and people are a lot more likely to buy it. Man, I think you're you're just spot on. And it's this this goes back many years ago, 15, 17 years ago. When I was much younger in my career, we both I found were. myself. We both were right. <laughs> I found myself on a twenty-eight person partnerships team at yeah. Sprint, <laughs> and I'm kind of rolling through these cycles, kind of quarter after quarter, year after year, and I saw the same five rock stars, and I saw the same yeah. what I call seller dwellers, the same five seller dwellers, and I was like, man. This isn't just by chance yeah. that these five people are awesome. And just by chance, these five, these other five people have mad partners, unpredictable, <laughs> unpredictable revenues. Yeah. Um, you know, just partners that are mad, revenue not coming in, deals that suck, they're not profitable. And that's really where I had this idea of man, this, there probably is some science to this because it feels like we reinvent the wheel every time. Yeah. And I became absolutely convinced and I've spent every day since then <laughs> building and, and further proving, but man, I absolutely believe you certainly need to be like creative mm -hmm. and innovative and adaptive in these certain things. It's certainly not black and white, but there there is definitely an underlying process behind successful partnerships. Exactly. Exactly. It's, I think it's a combination of the two. Uh, but yeah, just being a nice person, etc. That certainly helps. I've seen people that are just so great with people, just like in sales. You see these salespeople like all over the place, but they're so good with people that they still see some success. Um, but it isn't, that's not the organization you want to build, right? Like you just hire these absolute amazing rock stars that works maybe in the early days of a program but uh i think this is all about scale right um and that's that's where that gets tricky so i i totally agree with you same here um and i constantly see even myself you know in when we do stuff at superglue like even our sales approach right I'm like, oh no we've gotten too you know messy etc not systematic we ignore the facts and um 
yeah, I think by by building better better processes, I think there's a long way to go. The problem in partnerships is we we lack a lot of these blueprints, right? If you're in sales or marketing, you know exactly what you have to do when you come into a new role. You know how to build a funnel, define an ICP, define uh, a sales methodology, or pick a sales methodology that you believe in, etc. So I wouldn't say easy, but it is uh, you know what you do. And in in partnerships, we we unfortunately lack a lot of that, and I think that has to change. For the partner function to um, to become as I personally think partnerships will become as important as marketing and sales, uh, but that's the requirement we need, uh, you know, for that. Yeah, no question. Uh, let's shift over to the next question. That is, um, how do you know automation AI? Obviously, we're hearing a ton about AI and co-selling. How do those interplay in modern sales? strategies modern sales motions yeah yeah great question because uh, we have to talk about ai <laughs> <laughs> obviously i think you're not cool I unless think, you're talking ai exactly exactly um the i think the the discussion especially in partnerships is you basically have two camps right you've got the people that are like no 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 everything has to be manual we build relationships and then you've got the other cam. They're like, the robots are coming. You know, <laughs> all gonna lose our jobs, etc., uh, etc. Et I think the the what the truth is kind of in the middle. You got to find the right balance. So I think what we have to figure out is how automation and AI can enhance what we do on a daily basis. If you look at partner department, you know, before we started Superglue, I did a lot of customer research and I talked to a lot of partner managers and I try to map out what they do on a daily basis. And I came to the conclusion that like 30 to 60% of what they do at least is, is repetitive stuff. It's like just, just repetitive stuff. And I don't see why, uh, you know, you should waste 30 to 60% or even more of your time on stuff that a machine can do as, as partnership people, we should focus on, you know, building the relationships, working on a strategic project, helping somebody on a deal. The human um, piece. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other stuff should be automated. I think we just have these weird ideas of what automation and AI will do. So the way that I think about it, or again, this is I'm slightly biased because that's what we do at Superglue, but but I have, you know, this is based on our research. Um, I think a, automation AI can help you with two things in, in partnerships. Uh, they can help you, help you with a lot of stuff, but those are the two things that are more closely linked to co-selling, which we're going to talk about. Um, they can help you prioritize, right? They can tell you, you know, normally like a partner manager, like I, I've talked to a lot of people, like, who, how do you decide in the morning who you talk to, who you reach out to? And it's very often it's like, well, it's either the person that screams the loudest or somebody I really like. Or I might have, you know, there's some initiative, but ultimately to be efficient, like that a tool can tell me, hey, um, you don't have to, but the sig there are signals that tell us that you should talk to this person. And signals can be really straightforward, could be stuff like you haven't talked to them 90 days and they're an AE at a tier one partner. Or it could be more sophisticated stuff like sentiment, right? Like the last emails we've been sending, the frequency has gone down or the tone has changed, et cetera. So that's more sophisticated stuff for the prioritization part. The second part is the kind of is taking action. So if, you know, the, there are a lot of interactions where, you know, why, why do I need to draft an email? 
why can't a tool look at previous Because it's the same email that you've sent out a hundred times before <laughs> exactly. in the last two months. So, yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, a tool can be like, this is the email and you can customize it, right? It doesn't have to send it and it shouldn't, but it can be like, this email should send this person. Uh, and it's, you know, you can adjust some stuff, et cetera. And the email, obviously AI can help us uh, with personalization. Uh, and then obviously we can check like, did the person reply or did they do what we want them to do? Let's say we told them that they need to get a certification or log into the portal or, you know, whatever. The tool can then check if they did take action, if they did what we want them to do. And if they didn't remind us or send a follow-up, because that's what I see quite a lot is that, you know, we initiate these onboarding processes and then we we just kind of forget about people. Like they don't log into the portal. They don't submit a referral, et cetera. We just forget about them. And then, you know, nine months in, we reach out to them like, oh, I realized you never did this. By then they're gone. Like they're doing, they're, they're, there's other stuff that they're focused on. It's just just like in sales, right? Like velocity matters. People are, when people are excited, we can achieve a lot. And when that excitement fades, it gets really, really difficult to reactivate them. Yeah. And in most cases, to your point, they've already become somebody else's customer before you even realize you've lost them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've, by the way, I one thing that I always tell people is like, go into your CRM system, go to Salesforce, you know, pull um, pull the information for all of the contacts that work in your partner accounts, right, in your partner organizations, and look at the last activity date. And I bet you that the vast majority of the people listening will be shocked that you know over eight they haven't interacted with over 80 percent of the people in the ecosystem in at least nine to 12 months yeah which means they're gone like these people if i don't talk to you in nine to 12 months you don't think about me you don't think about my prop like my problems or the problems that i can help you solve or why i'm trustworthy etc you've you focus on other stuff you certainly don't have a relationship <laughs> Yeah, with them exactly you know? yeah I, yeah so we you might have a good agreement somewhere but there's no relationship <laughs> velocity yeah. is so important yeah. and and engagement you know, just having that connection if you're yeah. if you're not top of mind yeah, i mean they're they're thinking of somebody else something else and they're 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 busy they're like you know they're like five thousand other companies that want to partner with them or get something from them yeah uh, so Rob, i know that um you know you guys do a lot of work with the account mapping solutions uh I want to ask, like, you know, with Crossbeam and Reveal, how can those tools be used? I mean, how, how can you best use those tools for co-selling? Yeah, I, I love them both. I think they are the huge enablers when, you know, when we started Superglue, we actually, part of the our pitch when we talked to VCs was like, there's a new type of data. Nobody is building tools for that data, which means it makes it difficult to use that data, um, which means, you know, there's, there's there's lots of untapped potential. And I, I still believe, I believe that's still the case because I think there is a misunderstanding uh, that, you know, I'm going to implement cross-beam reveal and all of a sudden I have this overlap data and referrals start coming in. The reality is that I've just automated the first step of the process. Um, I've, I've, you know, account, account mapping sucks, manual <laughs> account mapping. I've done, we've both done it, right? Uh, compared to Excel lists, et cetera, it sucks. It's, that's why these tools are so amazing because it's easy to set them up. You get you get value real fast, you get real-time insights. But what do we do next? I think um, the what we need to figure out is 
you know, how we automate or, or make the rec- everything that follows more scalable as well. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're amazing tools, but I guess what I've come to learn is it's maybe 10% of the answer or 10% of the success equation. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's still so much more to do and then you're doing it with a partner so now you kind of have this dance motion that you both have to know and be yeah. in sync with. And I think that's the part um, where as as partnering professionals, as kind of a group of professionals, yeah. that's what we need to learn next and, and get it's, proficient on. And, and frankly, it's one of the great things that Superglue brings uh, to the I was just I was just going to mention uh, your guys' uh the the training the course mm-hmm. training that also really helps with that i took that class um so yeah i think it's that that's the thing i see that a lot it's it's just like you know like let's lo- look at you know marketing like or your crm department they could like or customer success department they could plug in a new tool that tells gives them health scores for your customers that's really valuable right like knowing who's likely to churn etc but if you if that's it and then you just tell your customer success team, hey, you know, keep this, you know, keep this in mind and check this, check this data every now and then. Then you're not, you're not going to get the value uh, that you should be getting from that information. And the same is true with open account mapping data. Uh, next question. So let's let's dive in and get a little mm-hmm. more tactical here. What co-sell plays would you recommend for enhancing partnerships? Yeah. So there, I I think there are two specific um i would say the topics that are neglected that that can really help you get a lot can help you scale co-selling so i think it's the what we call the post onboarding uh i always talk about the dead zone right you know we have these we onboard people people or we do lunch and learns we give them access to our prm etc and then we totally forget about them the thing is we want people, these people to send us referral, bring, bring us into deals, share information. So I think the first play is like figuring out how we nurture relationships, how we stay in touch with people, how we kind of, and that, that, that shouldn't be a random activity like, oh, I have to check in with Mike, you know, I haven't talked to him in a while. It should be very specific to who they, you know, type of organization they work for, the type of role they have, you know, what they need. We should basically, we should, gear this towards them bring us the referral right like uh so we need to step but it needs to be a kind of i think a spread out process i think enablement by the way also internal enablement uh of our own aes needs to be something that is that is very um you know effortless uh and digestible easily digestible so that's that's the first part kind of the um, you know, post onboarding uh, activation process, and then the second one is the one that I'm actually even more excited about because it's really easy to implement. Um, it's kind of the post referral process. Very often, what happens is you know somebody brings us a referral, brings us a deal, we hand that over to our AE. Um, you know, that person will run with it and will neglect the partner. We'll be like, oh, you. You know, just go into our PRM and you can see the status of that deal, et cetera, et cetera. But we know that, you know, adoption of PRMs can be low and, you know, people, that's not what you expect, right? If I give you something, I, I make an intro. I want you to tell me, uh, hey, this is going well. I, I really like, you know, 
we just got connected. We I really like that person. Here's what's happening right now. So I think we need to become more proactive. Let's say the, the simplest form is like looking at deal stages. Like, um, you know, let's say that partner source deal moved into negotiation stage. Like, why not tell our partner, hey, proactively, send them a quick message. Thank you so much for the deal. It was a great fit. Here's the AE that was working on it. We're now in the negotiation stage. I don't need anything from you. Just wanted to keep you posted. Want to tell you that I'm thankful. Why is that important? A, it enables the partner to, to talk to the customer about us. It enables them to help us on that deal if we, come into, if we run into problems. And B, it get, keeps them excited, right? We, we, we show them we care and we show them what's happening. So they're a lot more likely to share other deals with us. And I learned that because, you know, I've, I've had a lot of situations where I had partners reach out to me and they're like, what about that deal? Why, why, why didn't, why don't you give me an update? And, you know, had, had I told them, yeah, you can, you just look for this information yourself and, you know, just go into the portal. They would have probably gotten pretty pissed. Yeah. Uh, so my answer was, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I, I do better in the future. I'll keep you posted. Um, but it was a preventable mistake, right? Because. I um, yeah could could have done it the other way around. I mean, whenever we're receiving those those referrals, those leads, I mean that is currency. I mean that's that's kind of the yeah. relationship currency, you know. Yes. So is is that the way to to treat somebody right? That's that's yeah. bringing value to you is you know thank you transactionally bring me another. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. How about another one? Yeah, I I, I will let you know when I close that deal. Let's just. That's just not very nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like to your point. There's a better way to do it, and I, th I think that, you know, the companies that do that well, the organizations that have the processes in place to do that mm -hmm. well, um, man, you just really set yourself apart. And yeah. the thing of it is, you know, our partners, the different people that we work with, they're they have they have choices. Yeah. You know, it's, there's, yeah. there's, you're never the only one. <laughs> you are never the only one, you know? So that is so huge. And uh, frankly, an easy way to differentiate just from the relationship perspective. So great, great call out there. I, uh, I love Rob that you said, uh, you know, that, that sets us apart because what excites me about partnerships is that rigorous processes and, you know, all of these things, if you do it well in partnerships, you you yeah you will be truly differentiated because most organizations don't do it well it's different in marketing and sales where everybody is pretty good at this stuff right you can like well, they've been doing it for decades right they've, they've been got the muscle memory down so exactly like oh i'm three percent better than the other organization and that could be a success in partnerships you could implement good processes and you could have like a 30 percent impact on on what you do with you know these minor tweaks i mean i'm they're not super trivial right but it's not as complex as you know the, kind of the last little bit of optimization in a hyper optimized setup yeah all right mr rob last uh question <laughs> before we let you go and that is um uh, why do i hear this from clients all the time why do account executives often struggle with co-selling and how how what can we do to to make this better? So I have very strong opinions about this. <laughs> um, 
I think, you know, in partnerships, we always tell each other, we're like, well, partner source deals, working with partners a lot more efficient, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's true. At the same time, these AEs have been selling the way they're selling for a decade, let's say, right? That's, um, so I think, and, and the, the way we're currently approaching this is we do these, these big sessions where we get a lot of you know, AEs in a room, like this is the future, you got to work with partners, you got to use this data in your CRM, and you got to proactively reach out to people and this and that. And it's just very, um, it's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of, it's a huge kind of, um, it's a big change to how they currently work. So I think the, the approach we have to take is to, uh, rather than expect them to change their ways and throw away everything that they did and everything that made them successful and by the way the code outage isn't dead still works it's not getting better <laughs> but it works um so i think we got to be more you know we got to think about them we got to think about like how how can we make it make it easy for them so uh, i give you an example of a workflow that i really like um so let's like rather than having an ae and be like hey you know if you ever need any help on this deal this is the partner you can work with imagine like that AE works a deal the, the deal now gets stuck in the negotiation stage, meaning it's been a negotiation stage over 60 days. And we usually, you know, usually that, you know, the negotiation takes 30 days. What if she would now get a notification Slack that tells her, by the way, um, I can tell you that you're stuck. You know, that deal is stuck. Do you, a partner source that deal, do you want help? Yes, no. And that's all she has to do. Click yes or no. Um, so we do two things. We, if, if we do that, we, um, a, we engage her in real time when the partner actually adds value and we make the kind of adding value really easy. So she clicks yes and she automatically gets connected to the partner uh, via the partner manager um, you know, via email, with short message with some context. Hey, here's our AE. She's working a deal. Uh, might need some help, information, whatever. Um, you know, and, and that's it. And we, we might even do follow-ups, etc. But that, that really changes the game because now... We didn't we didn't create effort for her. We created you know, we drove impact. If that works, she is gonna go back and she's gonna tell her colleagues. And going forward, she might actually reach out to partners herself. Um, so, and I think that's how it works. That's how you, you how you train you or how you change behavior by proving value, right? Or just uh, creatures of habit, you know. Yeah. And if if we're trained and we've done something a certain way we're just used to using internal resources internal process and then that yeah. kind of gets dumped on its head exactly. uh, you know if we're, we're leveraging these external relationships typically different systems different process different people and mm -hmm. uh we're asking a lot yeah. uh, at AEs, you know, i mean they have like they use like 17 tools you know like this tool that like they're just i think they're so they're so overwhelmed with the challenges they face in their in their job, right? Like the economy, uh, everything. Just there's so much stuff going on for them that it's it's really hard. You know, it's really hard to um, to adjust. Um, what I've learned is that, you know, theoretically, you would be like, oh, if somebody is struggling to do something, they will just find a new approach. But the reality is, if if you're struggling to, for example, close deals, you got you're so overwhelmed, you're so stressed that you you lack the ability very often to just go up and be like, oh, I'm going to find a new way to do things. I'm going to 
change everything. I'm going to experiment. I'm going to optimize. I'm going to automate, et cetera, et cetera. That's just, just not what I've seen in the past. Totally. I mean, I've seen the same thing. People do what they know. They do what they're comfortable with. And if yeah. I see a mountain to climb to the right, but I kind of can go to something I understand and I've done yeah. a thousand times, I'm going to go left. I'm going to go to that yeah. comfort zone of what I know. And yeah. it's uh, it's typically not working those more challenging deals or something that's stuck because they don't necessarily know how to you know get it unstuck. So exactly. they're going to go with what they know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rob, it has been so awesome to reconnect with you, man. You've, you've energized you. me for the rest of the afternoon, man. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I was I was waiting for you to invite me to you know chat on this uh, on this show. Well, hey, I, was gonna, I hope I get a I jersey give everybody uh, you know, else for the, the next conference. Yes, we will definitely do that. I was going to say I, I gave all of the easy questions. Everyone else, I need to have the rock star status. Need to have Rob come in and, and answer those hard questions, but. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Partnernomics Show. Don't forget to subscribe to get the newest episodes at thepartnernomicsshow.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Iolite. To learn more about Iolite, visit iolitepro.com. And Partnernomics, the science of partnering. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics courses, coaching programs, and consulting services, visit partnernomics.com. See you on the next episode.